Brendan, we are back. Cheesy intro as ever. How are we keeping? We are back. Thanks for that, Shane. That was beautiful. I thought it was oh, good. Mm. Real nice. Nice week. Start of uh, weather week two of not being able to go anywhere, do anything. Is it not kind of, has it not been three weeks? This feels like week three, no? Is this really only week two? Um, you see, it's. I think it's because, you know, we had that level three with don't mix households. Yeah. And then that morphed into level five, which to be honest, most people don't really seem to be paying any attention to. I have noticed no noticeable difference around the place, apart from the shops that are closed or the pubs or restaurants that are closed. Are you saying that people aren't paying, you know, full attention to the guidelines, Brendan? Absolutely. Yeah, they are. And that's fair. <laughs> it is the way it is around the place. We were actually yeah. uh, we were in Boots yesterday and there was just a woman just walking around, no mask, not a shit given. And I just thought, oh, now, great. That's the one place where I'd be sceptical enough to say maybe she had a reason not to wear it. Oh, definitely, yeah, but I'll still give out about her. Sure, it's just standard. I, I, I'm sure yeah. she's a lovely woman. I'm sure she has every reason to not wear a mask. Maybe she just forgot it. I stayed away from her. I said, you know what, just in case you have the COVID, I'm going to move on to the other side of the shop. You know, it's just the way I roll. No, that's fair enough. I've seen a lot of people going around and just pulling their... Uh, like t-shirt or jumpers over their face, they obviously get get somewhere and forget their mask. I, f- I feel like I would just go home. Like maybe that's just me that I wouldn't want to draw that much attention to myself. But that that just seems like an awful idea. I think that would just be your uh, kind of brain saying this is years of people would assume that I farted, and that's why I'm putting or somebody else has there's a smell. That's a mi- that's a mimics, yeah. It's like some fucker farts in school, and you just love yeah, you. Just that's that. why people I think don't want to do it. And the other day, I think where was it in the shop across the road from me? There was a woman, and she just had a tissue on a whole. She was just holding it over her face, like just a, a regular like Kleenex tissue, and just holding it. Oh wow! I felt like I felt like saying that's not you might as well not have bothered like. I was talking to someone the other day and they were in um, a lot of COVID talk, by the way. We're going to move on to actual fat chats in a second. This is just COVID chats. But just to warm up. And uh, they were in a lift in like a DIY shop. And basically they got into the lift. They're in on their own. And this old woman just comes in. And in the middle of the lift, she decided to take off her mask to sneeze into her hand to then put her mask back on. And I thought that that's oh. where the confusing messaging is happening. Wow. People don't understand how it works. They think, oh, I better keep my mask clean in case I get COVID on it, you know? It's, uh, it's pretty sad. Yeah, it's a weird one. I, I was in Dunn's last week or the week before, and You're shopping I, I had a... Sorry, did, did something go wrong? You, you've always been... No, I, no, I have to take my brother there. He shops in Dunn's. So oh, he's one of those. Oh, fair enough. Being sound. But I had that... Uh, I, I don't know what I'd done before. I think I'd been out for a run or something, but I just had a, a runny nose. I wasn't sick or anything. It was just my nose was running. So then I was, I was having that dilemma of what's the, what's the proper procedure here? Do you just stuff a load of tissue inside your mask and walk around? Do you take it off, blow your nose, buy some hand sanitizer, put your mask back on? What do you do? What I didn't want to do was walk around the shop, like clearing my nose every 30 seconds of people just looking at you. See, I, I'd be just going in. sniffles, just all the sniffles. And yeah, I, just, I would just I would wash the old mask after, or else if it's a disposal. Oh, after, yeah. But I mean, when you're in there, then and you're after queuing to get in because people went spaz again, like two weeks ago when they announced it, and there was queues for the shop, and then the place was jammed. So it wasn't like I was like fucking, I'm not leaving now. I didn't really know. 
I feel I feel like protocol is you just got to power on even if you got a bit of runny nose and uh, then you wipe your nose after. Surely you're not meant to take off the mask. That that's my thoughts on it. I could yeah I, I wrong, no no I think I think I didn't take it off because like you I think that would defeat the purpose of wearing it in in general and you're not supposed to touch it. All this bollocks anyway. I still don't think it works. But go on. The one, the one that gets me, and it's actually, it just show I'm a bit of a hall monitor in these situations where I just want to check people on it. Bit, a bit of a wanker, to be perfectly honest. But we know that. Other people who just leave their nose hang out of it. I'm just like, just ah, like, that's like I, one of my. I'd rather fucking... you just, just leave it off. Just don't even wear them. Exactly. It's so annoying. Front up to your neglect of the restrictions, whatever the fuck you want to call them. Don't be a little knob and just have, have your nose hanging out, walking around, thinking oh, I'm paying attention to the rules. You're fucking not. But like I, I just don't understand of like there has been some seriously confusing messaging from all sectors of society. One of them hasn't been that. Like I don't think anyone at any stage said like, or oh, it's okay to, to not put your nose in and just, just cover your mouth. I, I never got that from anyone, even the people who, who were completely wrong, they've, you know, I've never got a mixed message about saying that's okay. So I don't know where these people got the idea that it's safe. Just just leave your nose hanging out. And at the start, there was actually like people were sending around this funny meme on WhatsApp of someone asking like, "Is this how you wear your mask?" And their nose was hanging out. And then there was like a, car- a caricature of a man with his underpants on, but his knob hanging over the top of it, saying like, "Would you wear your underpants like this?" No, you wouldn't. It's a powerful message, isn't it? It's like. Maybe maybe we need to walk around with giant placards with that on it. I just think you need to have someone walking around just shaming people into doing it just for the pants. It wouldn't even I don't even personally care too much, but I just think it would be funny. You know, someone who just comes up and checks you on it. I'd be like, Yeah, get him. I just to be honest, I haven't seen like there's nobody I know well enough to ask and I haven't seen anyone around even like kind of casually that I'd know. But I just wanna ask I just wanna ask somebody that's doing it like, Why are you doing that? Or like why do you think that's right way to do it i just want to i genuinely just want to know what their their theory or their reasoning behind it is but well uh, hopefully if, if there's any listeners who like to leave their knob or their nose hang out uh, message <laughs> Brendan and let them know <laughs> we'll see if we can get some feedback people yeah, are very I, responsive. i'm sure there's an, there's an interesting story in either answer there so look we'll get back down to business so um i feel like we, we had a good week last week people were very inspired nice few messages from the podcast where yeah. We're heroes of lockdown 2.0, I think. Yeah, I think there's going to be a statue put up. I think so. I, I think we inspired a nation right there. A very small nation of <laughs> listeners. Very, very I think small. people just, yeah. I think it's because the first time we ever gave any kind of somewhat useful advice rather than just bitching and moaning about stuff. It's true, yeah. But now now we've started this with bitching and moaning, so we're back back in business. But oh, yeah, you gotta, you got to stick to the stick to the roots. How's the week been? Week's been fine. Did you take Getting, your own advice? I, I generally not. But what specifically you're referring to? Through the week, did you set goals? Did you find your why? Did you do all the important things at the start of lockdown we talked about? No, because I've been doing them anyway. I have a confession to make. I did not. I did not <laughs> take my own advice. I actually. Um, I'm, I'm going to say this to listeners because I'm always upfront and honest. I had to be pulled aside with a teaspoon, teaspoon in one hand and a jar of Nutella in the other and to be told to cop the fuck on. Oh, and, Lord uh, God. That was me last Tuesday. I, I, I was just feeling a bit meh. And I just thought, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a little bit of Nutella and enjoy myself. 
night to be checked. But it's been good since. There was just, you know... Well, when you say a little bit of Nutella, how much is a little bit? We're, we're talking at least 800 calories worth of Nutella. Like, I'm, I'm going to call a spade a spade here. There was, there was at least two days deficit gone in those several not-so-nice not teaspoons of Nutella. But, did you, uh, and did you find the happiness you were looking for at the end of the jar? See, do you know what the problem is? I, see, it's not like I sit there and I just go spoon after spoon, you know? It's like I'll go out and I'll take a spoon of Nutella and then, you know, that'll be that make a cup of tea. And then I might come out for another cup of tea, another spoon of Nutella, and, you know, they kind of add up over a day. Next thing okay. you're, you're eight spoons deep and you're thinking, wow, that, that could have been a nice Big Mac meal, if anything. That's a, bit, that's, that's a bit easier, I suppose. I was picturing you kind of disappearing off out to the shed. Pretended you were looking for some tools or something useful and coming back in with chocolate around the side of your face. You know, that, that actually is really funny because I remember a few years ago, um, I basically, like, I used to drop Amy out to the gym in Ballincollig. And so while, while she'd go in there, I was too cheap to get membership. I was just like, we were in college. I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to bother. And so she'd go into the gym and I would go to Aldi and buy chocolate. And so subsequently in, in within four weeks I joined the gym because I gained a stone from all the chocolate I was eating outside of the gym from Aldi it was a, it was a pretty good time I do remember you telling me that that yeah. was a talk about a flip side of the coin it, it was quite funny but you know I actually took some enjoyment some fat enjoyment of sitting outside the gym eating chocolate just thinking I don't need you I was wrong but I mean that that's another that's, that's tip that listeners bet you didn't know yeah. that that's, that's the typical attitude. That's, that's typical attitude that people have when you're at that stage where no matter, no matter what you actually know or what people will tell you, you think, no, I'm right here. What I'm doing is right. I'm fine. I won't get that much fatter or I will get fatter and who cares? It's my fat. I'll do what I like with it. I think you kind of hit this point though where it kind of all feels the same regardless. Like, you know, you kind of hit this point where you don't feel as like, you know, what's the way to put it? An extra two or three kilos doesn't feel like it's actually going to limit you all that much. So it doesn't seem like a big deal. But then you lose that and you're like, oh, wow, I can go up the stairs without dying. This makes a bit of a difference. Yeah. It, it's, I suppose it's, uh, yeah, I, I put it this way. I suppose you probably notice or feel the effects of it more when you lose, say, five kilos as opposed to when you gain it. But I don't know. But nobody ever looks at it that way. I don't. No one else does, I'd say. It's it's because you're in that mindset of, I don't give a fuck anyway. Yeah, man. It's, it's a dangerous mindset, but I've definitely been there. But look, that actually brings me on to this week's topic. So tell me a little bit about that story you saw in the newspaper that I insisted we talk about. Yeah. So basically, it it was, yeah, it was in the news, well, it was, say, online newspaper. Everyone does the that. The modern these newspaper, days. you know. The modern man goes for online and woman and whatever else people are. Uh, it goes for the online edition. So basically, it was, it was, it was in car. I, I was going to say one name names, but to be honest, I don't actually remember. I don't really care. Uh, so basically, this woman had had, there was a big like expose and pictures, like before and after picture that I noticed first before I even read about it or the headline. And it was some, the headline was something along the lines of, I don't know, lost 25 kilos or lost six, you know, some, you know, a, a noticeable enough amount of weight and then this big oh, article. Your attention and make you read. Yeah, I, I didn't. I read the first paragraph and then I thought, oh, for fuck's sake. But basically what it was, was obviously had struggles with food, was huge, all the rest of it. We covered all this stuff before about how fat people get. But basically it wasn't that through a calorie deficit. It was a fat loss surgery. She went 
I think abroad and got some kind of a procedure done. I don't, I didn't read fair enough. I don't know whether it was this like gastric band or gastric bypass or whatever else they can do, but that's what it was. She had this done, lost a lot of weight and was being hailed as this like role model for weight loss. That's where we have it. I know it's not about this woman specifically. I mean, fair play. She's after sorting her life out. I'm sure she's way happier. It's totally cool. Yep. But it's an interesting topic because like, there's kind of a few different camps on how you look at it. And I mean, look, you have someone who goes and they get this danger surgery. You know, they're putting their life at risk. Is it worth doing? Are the negative and positive kind of do they, do they balance out? Is it more positive? I'm not really too sure, but like from, from your perspective, like do you think someone should be like hailed as the hero or the local hero for doing that? Oh, as opposed to someone no. who do it say Def- exercise and nutrition? No, definitely not. Like there's obviously circumstances where people are literally on like it's it's life and death situations where this is their last stop, like their last gasp stop. For whatever reason, they don't want to or they can't or for health reasons, they just can't lose weight like in a conventional way. These surgeries are literally like you're morbidly obese. You're going to die in the next six months. You have to, you know, you have to lose some amount of weight. So like those situations, great, like whatever. But like, and maybe there's, I didn't, no due diligence carried out here. Maybe this person was in that situation. I didn't read far enough. I don't think so, though. Um, then you get this mishmash of people who just don't really need it, like, get to that point, but it, they just choose it as the easy option. And, like, I'm, I'm, I don't really care what people do, if, if they can afford it, if they want to take the risk of with their health in general of getting it done. But, like, go ahead and do it. But don't, don't fucking make a... A story of it like like you know uh, something that people are going to look at and think oh jesus that's an option like we were talking about it before when people have this kind of mentality of they'll just do anything and then they see this as an easy option they don't really think through the the cost of it maybe or even just to like literally i could die while i'm having the surgery or it could be complications or afterwards they just think that's the that's like the the closest real life thing to the magic diet pill of I, I can just get this and it might work. Don't really care about afterwards, which is the big issue. I think like if you're struggling anyway, you're, you're going to fall back into it at some stage. But it it is also the fact of, I think everyone sees it. You know, there's obviously all these TV shows on like TLC and sky living and all these channels that probably don't exist anymore because no one watches TV. But, you know, these people who are massively morbidly obese and they, they get these surgeries and it changes their lives and that's great. But, like, the side that kind of always is ignored in a lot of those shows is, like, the aftercare. And I, I did a bit of research on this when we were talking about the last because I just wanted to kind of know my stuff. And, like, the aftercare is crazy. Like, these people end up deficient in the majority of vitamins, the majority of minerals, and they don't have the volume in their stomach to actually take those in for a lot of the time. So you end up like, as well as, you know, you're only eating like a teaspoon of food at a time for the first year. And then you build that up to maybe two or three teaspoons, which isn't a lot of food anyway. But then on top of that, you're also taking pills and pills and pills and having to go to your doctor constantly to make sure that you're keeping on top of all that other side. Now, sure, you've done this and it's great and you've gotten the surgery and maybe that's the fix you needed. But I just wonder if you take someone like that and you're able to get them on something that's sustainable and something that works, are you not better off? Because... Like you're probably spending nearly in and around 
half the time if you get the surgery compared to the regular, but like in the scheme of things, I I just don't know if it's worth it, man. And like outside of that is the dangers and everything else. Like, yeah, like I didn't really read up on it a whole lot, but from the most I was I didn't I don't I don't really care about the science of it. Like obviously, like some stomach shrinks and there's a whole raft of other things like you were just saying. I didn't bother with that. I was just trying to find things where people had it done, and it either worked. And they stuck at it, or it didn't, and they kind of ended up almost back to at the start. And I think that's the problem. Like it comes down to that mindset of if you have a bad relationship with food, and you get this surgery, like that doesn't change your relationship with the food, apart from the fact that it becomes harder to eat more of it. Like you're you're probably still going to want to eat certain foods you just can't. You're probably still going to have. Like you're gonna have a mentality that you're gonna fall back on, and like the stomach is a muscle, like anything else, it it it'll you you can shrink your stomach, like, but it's 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 flexible, for want of a better word, it's gonna you're gonna end up back at the situation where, like you said, you start off again, you're not eating as much, then it increases and increases and increases, and unless you change your habits and your behavior and your relationship with food, you are gonna end up back at the start and a lot, most of them that I saw and in fairness like there's loads of people who've made a great success of it and fair play to them but they all said it like the kind of common thing was that they changed like they changed their whole mindset on it and they realised that this surgery for whatever reason and a lot of them were claiming to be at the whole point of like morbidly obese death store but they realised that the surgery was only kind of a head start like this was just the, the kind of kick off point to get them to start losing weight and but they realised like that, the cha- all those changes had to come afterwards. So I just don't. It's too easy to glorify somebody who's just gone and had this done, and then, like stuck at it. Fair enough, whatever. But that that's too personal. That's too personal for people. Like it's if you found yourself in that situation in the first place, you could quite easily find yourself back there again just probably wasted all your money on this I think that is one side of it but as well like you need to think like why why would you possibly make this person into the hero and that like that's the part like nothing to do with this person fair play to them but like I just don't understand why that would be something anyone would want to do in terms of making that person into a hero make it seem like the easy way out of a dangerous surgery seems like the best option like for maybe 80 90 percent of people it's definitely not the best option and like if you're going to talk, like, I think be happy for someone who's changed their life and has done it in that sense, and you know, done it by that manner. That's perfect. That's totally okay. But like that person's not a hero. That's not something that you instantly go, oh, I want to be like that person. Like you should want to be like the person who has a decent relationship with food to the point of when they, when they do fall off the wagon, they have the knowledge and the steps to be able to put in place to get themselves back on. Like last week when, you know what I mean? I, I just, I was busy with work. I decided I'd, you know, add in a few extra bits to the diet, like Nutella and stuff like that. It wasn't really, it was going back to my old habits of, you know what I mean? Maybe not being conscious of the foods I was eating, but like I'm able to nip that in the bud because I've had coaches and I've had, you know, I've done my own research and everything else to be able to understand what works for me. And it wasn't the case of the next day going for a hardcore approach. It was just going for, okay, tomorrow's going to be a little better. You might cut out a little bit more and, you know, not looking to undo it in a day, just, you know, get back on track in the right direction. And I think the problem is if you have someone with this drastic weight loss, if their go-to is McDonald's and you don't nip that in the bud and change that somewhere along the way, their go-to is still always going to be McDonald's. 
So then therefore, like, what's that going to do for anyone? You're going to end up back where you are, even if it's five years time, six years time, whatever it might be. So like, I, I just, I, if, I can't even fathom why this person is suddenly made into a hero for that. It seems daft. It is daft. I just don't, I don't understand how, like, all right, maybe for someone at the lowest point of their life to get this done, they'd lose a shitload of weight over the course of next year and they're happier, they're happier than they've ever been. And they realize that and they don't, and they, and they, I suppose it's more about they go and educate themselves in it. They don't fall back into the old routines and they, they stick at it basically. Like and they stay in good shape and they change their habits. But like realistically speaking, for people that get to, get this done in the first place, that's not that's not going to be the majority, I don't think. Because think if it what, was, and you, I feel like we're talking about the extreme there, and I think we're talking about the people who probably do need it, or the people who maybe, you know, I suppose have that need or on the last legs where that is the important thing, they the step they need to take to do it. That's fine. But like I'm talking about the middle ground people, like the people who probably could just, you know, they have the ability to walk around, they have ability to move. They have the ability to take the steps they need to just improve their health. And those people are opting for the surgery. Those people are opting to go to fucking Budapest and pay 12 grand for it because they're in that desperate a need of change and they can't see the changes coming. So like, I just, I don't know. I can't even put it into words. Like it it just seems daft to me, first of all. And second of all, I feel for those people when they're in that situation, but I feel like you just need to take small steps. Like, it's not about suddenly turning your life around in the space of a day. Like, but like if you're someone who doesn't ever go for a walk, why not just go for a walk? And just even if, if it's a hundred meters is all you can do, do that hundred meters. Don't feel any shame about it. Don't feel like, Oh, I only burned 20 calories. Just make a step rather than going, Oh, you know what? I'm just going to push the big red button here, go nuclear on it and get surgery over making, maybe taking some steps in that direction. Well, that's what I mean. It's a slog. Like every, everyone that's lost any kind of, like decent amount of weight and all it's a slog like yeah you learn you, you like get that initial burst of probably weight that you lose but like long term is the game so i'm just and then like i see a lot of these people then will try and turn around and say like oh you know you have to lose a certain amount of weight before you get it done or you have to try and lose weight before but like oh, it sounds so wanky like but there's no trying to do it like you either do or you don't. And if you don't, it's because you're not doing it right. Then there's so many different avenues to go and get help from coaches and nutrition coaches and PTs and blah, 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 that can help fix the little things. But like you said, they just choose, yeah, let's go nuclear and pay. I have no idea what it costs. I can imagine it's probably up. It's probably into the high thousands, like if not tens of thousands. I think but it's just... you get it done. Like you can get it done in like some countries, like you know Budapest or, or sorry, not like places like Budapest or like Tallinn in Estonia, stuff like that, and it's quite cheap. And I saw like I think someone like do you know that Operation Transformation show on RT. I saw like yeah. one of the articles I came across. One of the old contestants of that, which kind of just seemed daft anyway that they were publicizing this whole thing. But after going through the sustainable approach or the maybe not sustainable approach that's done on that TV show. This person opted for surgery, paid six grand, went to Estonia to get it done, was there for a week or two, came back and started their journey from there. But I just wonder, like, Mm. that person had just gone through that big, massive TV show and probably done a bit of work as it was. I wonder why that person needs to suddenly limit themselves to eating a few teaspoons of food a day. 
surely that yeah. should have been taken. Whole... It's awful, man. I suppose maybe they're one of those people, if you find yourself on that show in the first place, you're going to try pretty much anything. Yeah. It's a great idea. It's a show. It's a great, great idea for giving people ideas and motivating people if you're perceptive to that stuff or if you're receptive to that stuff. But I don't know. I always take a look at that show and think sometimes like people just genuinely don't want to be on it or, or they're almost pressuring themselves by thinking, right, if I put myself in front of the nation, I have to do it properly. It which is, is just a wrong it's just a wrong motivation like i don't think but i think that is an attitude people take i mean like when i started this podcast you you know it because you i was talking to you in the few weeks before i started it. the game plan originally before any guests before anything else even before this it was like oh i'm going to document weight loss and that's going to keep me accountable and the truth is i didn't actually want to put myself in front of however many listeners just for that purpose thousands podcast. do you know what i mean and so that idea died yeah it is it's like and you know what you you didn't but a lot of people do but just uh, i you you don't have a very specific mindset for that to motivate you like that's not really i don't know what way to put it it's fine like it, 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 yeah and it's go, it's gonna you're ultimately it's, go, it's gonna be a comeuppance ultimately because you're not doing it for yourself but that's it. Yeah, it's kind of like, I mean, look, the, the way I'd put it in perspective, say myself, say hypothetically, you do it and you're documenting everything for, for people to see and keep you accountable to weight loss. Great. Fantastic. If you lose 100 listeners, does that suddenly change the way you look at it? Does that make you a little bit less committed? If there's less yeah. people paying attention to you, are you suddenly going, oh, maybe this isn't worth even documenting? Like, I, I just wonder about that. And like, I think weight loss TV, I think that, that actually is a funny one. We should just move on to straight away and just say, like there is a lot of pretty pretty good gems when it comes to weight loss TV. Did you ever watch Secret Eaters? No. So this is the show on Channel Four. It actually, I just saw it back on Prime. I was very tempted to watch it. So what it is, okay? These people sign up to like a weight loss TV show, and in their heads, they're going to be monitored for a few days. They tell them everything they've eaten, and then at the end, they're going to be given a diet plan and shown the areas they can improve their life in, and great stuff. But what actually happens is the cameras are installed all over their house and they're followed by private detectives for the week who note down every takeaway they purchase. They note down everything they eat. They basically keep track of all of it. And then at the end, there's a big reveal where these giant tables of all the food they've eaten for a week are laid in front of them. And they go, so you only eat 1,200 calories a day, eh, Jim? And Jim's left to go, see all the secret sausage rolls, see all the mini Kit Kats he snuck. Uh, it's quite good. That sounds amazing. Just for entertainment value, not for any kind of functional purpose for people losing weight. That just sounds like great crack. Honestly, I'd, I'd, love, I'd love to have been on it at some stage because I definitely would have been one of those people who go, I've done everything I can. And then they'll suddenly go, what about these eight spoons of Nutella you had every day? And I'll be like, oh, I mean, maybe. That's, that's, that's what I mean. That's where, these, that's where it comes from with these people of saying like, oh, I, I went and got this surgery because I did everything. Really? Did you? I don't think so. I don't know who you are, Mr. Hypothetical or Mrs. Hypothetical person, but I, I don't believe you. I'm skeptical from the offset if you're going to get in this kind of a surgery, but you're saying, oh, I tried everything. No, you probably tried keto diets or you probably tried the Atkins diet or you probably just fucking tried drinking cabbage water for a week on end. No, I don't. I'd love to find some story that would contradict that. and There probably is out there, but... In, in, it's an extreme minority, I'd say. 
but I, I just think if you're if you're going to go for this approach of you know all right you're looking to make that life change like it's probably more important to just take the small steps in the right direction rather than anything else so like say say hypothetically someone listening to this podcast is thinking about getting that surgery and like if you have 12 grand to throw away into that surgery lot that in your savings account fair enough you don't have to necessarily put money into it but like look at your life and say look at what what steps are you taking right now that could just even if it's two months before the surgery to get yourself a little bit further along the way like are you waiting for that day to start like it's kind of like waiting for monday like monday never really comes you know if you keep saying oh i'm going to start monday like it's going to do fuck all why don't you start there and then like why do you have to have four takeaways before monday to justify getting started and similarly enough fair enough if that surgery is your end goal and that's what you want to do but when you're leading up to that why don't you test yourself and see what it's going to be because after the surgery you're going to have to force yourself to do something different you can't just go back agreed and i think like let's not forget as well like that little elephant in the room of people will say oh but doctors or my doctor or some doctor uh, said it was a good idea. Of course, it's a good idea. It's profitable. It's surgery for them. It's it's like a non. What, what would you call it? Like non-life threatening or non-life necessary surgery. It's it's pure profit. Like at the end of the day, even with the cost, whatever it is, cost here especially, but even abroad, like nobody's doing whatever the good of their heart. Of course, they're going to um, advise it. Yeah, there's business in it. It has to be said. It is. It's that's what it is. It's business. But like even I, I think it's quite funny because like I, I heard a story now and I'm not going to name the person or anything. But they Go were in a pretty, nah, nah, they were in a pretty bad way in terms of weight, all right. And so they went to their doctor. Their doctor recommended them to go to a clinic. They went to this weight loss clinic up the country, and the doctor basically turns and said, "Look, you're in a bad way. This is how we're going to fix it. We're going to put you on a milk diet. So what a milk diet is is you drink only milk." exclusively i assume it adds up to a certain amount of calories i'm not sure if there's a limit on the milk but milk is the only thing you eat or drink for several weeks and the idea is that basically it puts you in a drastic calorie deficit you lose a bit of weight and then you're kind of you're ready for the next steps and maybe adding in some i don't know i suppose adding in some other steps that are going to help you along the way but like you wonder like what's the logic between that doctor one i have it i have the most genius idea ever we're going to get you to drink only milk that is not going to be enjoyable. That's probably going to make you hate this. That's probably going to make you crave every bad food under the sun. And that's my fix for you. You who eats 5,000 calories a day. Like, where's logic? There, there is, but see, that's what I mean. There is no logic. And I don't think, I don't understand anything logical about this kind of thing. There's, there's not, well, there's nothing logical to me about this kind of surgery. I don't get it. I never will, I'd say. Otherwise, I probably would have gone done years ago. I just, I don't... Have you ever actually considered it? Like, have you ever thought... No. Oh, Jesus, no. No. Like, I was chatting Even at my work. And what they said is, if you can afford it, go for it. But, like, no. if you can't, don't. And it's funny, though, because, like, a lot of people who can't afford... Like, it's not even... It doesn't have to be a gastric band, like, but who can't afford these surgeries to do it. And there's probably loads of famous people to do it. There's probably... Do you know what I mean? Jim down the road could have done it and you'd never know the difference. But like, I just, I just, I can't see why you think that's going to work long term. Not in my darkest days would I have considered something like that. And when you look at it, like that person that I, that kind of um, highlighted it to me, 
I think it's say over the course of the year or whatever since it was half they've lost like nine stone there or thereabouts. I've seen ten times as many stories about people who've lost nine stone without any of this stuff. Just literally from looking after themselves and changing their habits and getting themselves in calorie deficit and training and doing whatever else, but this is the extreme minority to get the same results as the majority of people can do with just every day, like you said, small steps. But like, do you think there's merit to it? Like, do you think like, I don't, I don't know the best way to put it, but like, it's not something to be shamed necessarily, but like, do you think it's worth even acknowledging? Like, I just wonder if people did make a big deal of people doing that, would, would people care enough to actually go and do it? Like, it's, it's a real funny one, but like, I feel like the more something's publicized, it's, it's like those, you know what I mean? Those, those shake diets and stuff like that. And they're publicized so much. And there's these drastic transformations. There's, there's, there's all this supposed evidence there in front of you that makes you think, oh, maybe I should try that. And I just wonder, someone doing something like that and getting a story in a newspaper or getting a story online or Facebook or, you know what I mean? Whatever, it, whatever way you come about it, like, should that person be even getting the airtime? Because how many other people are going to say, okay, well, I can give it another four stone and then I can get that surgery and it'll, I'll be grand. You know, I, I just... The only benefit or the only way I could see that as a good thing is if they get that airtime and the flip side of the coin is put with it and like showers in the rooftops to say, yeah, this is this has worked for this person and it's great, but this will not work for everyone. Like there is, like, I don't know, it, it, obviously the people who are going to be pushing it are the ones who, who it's worked for, who it's become a positive thing for. You need to balance that with the ones who said, look, yeah, I got it. And 24 months later, I'm back to where I started. I think that's what I think is the main thing, though. Like, it's, it's kind of funny, but say, like, there was a show on Channel 4 after the first lockdown. And so this, this doctor in the UK decided, okay, I'm going to, I assume he probably approached Channel 4, maybe they approached him, not too sure. But basically, the concept of the show is lose a stone in four weeks. And you're saying, all right, that sounds great. Loves to lose a stone in four weeks. So the concept was they took people different ages, different cultures, different, you know, parts of society. And basically we're like, look, we're going to put you on 1,200 calories a day. Or I think it was 800 actually. It was like a dra- like really drastic diet. And basically like you're going to lose the weight you put on in lockdown. And then afterwards we're going to slowly build you back up to being, you know, eating normally but having healthy habits. And like, it was a pretty drastic approach, but I think the only thing it differed compared to like these stupid shake diets and stuff like that is that they had a plan in place to support the people afterwards. So like they had this initial weight loss, but they also had education about healthy foods. They had all these steps in place for afterwards. Now the hope would be that those people would, you know, be able to create sustainable habits following that drastic four weeks and be able to do something great. Still wouldn't recommend it, but like, I feel like if you're someone who's going to go for weight loss surgery and regardless if there's a TV show involved or regardless if anyone's even watching, like if you're not going to have the steps in place to do what you need to do afterwards to keep yourself healthy, you're going to find yourself in a very bad place afterwards. So like, I, I just, I just feel like people should really drastically consider even publicizing this stuff and making it seem like it's a great option. It's fucking not like, there you have it. You summed it up in the last sentence. That's it, man. I'm not. I'm not sure. There's, like, there's not that much more to say on it. Like, I mean, you could probably like you can give out about it till the cows come home. But like, I I just feel like people like we we go on about it all the time. But like, 
the one the one difference I'll say now compared to any other time I've tried to lose weight is that I'm not on a fucking diet like like I'm actually just trying to improve health or whatever you want to call it like live a bit healthier and like that makes all of the difference compared to like it's not about the scale it's not about anything else it's it's literally about getting yourself to a healthy place where you're happy and like take you for example now this week like talk talk a little bit about the scales and the clothes sizes and the difference because like that's one immediately that i think people who come like say you've lost a fair bit of weight since you started but like now you're at a point where you might not be losing as much or as drastically so like what what are the measurements you're going into now or like what's the differences you're seeing now compared in clothes sizes or when you're shopping for stuff even if the scale's not moving oh yeah like and i'd say for the most part no it's probably down to a little bit I'm training differently as well, but if anything, the scale is probably likely to start to move up again. But everything else is moving the opposite way. So in terms of so like that, like like I said, like I was saying there a couple of weeks ago, I would have been like somebody who would not every day, but you know, I would I would use the scales, but more out of morbid curiosity or whatever more of a curious mind from my point of view just to see the difference between after doing different things or before doing different things or before a certain day you know just for no real reason like i wasn't when you go for a shit not specifically like but that falls in doesn't it i feel like we've all done it well yeah because it's 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 a thing it's the same with women like different times of the month you weigh differently no what i mean is like everyone's bodily functions has an effect on their weight it's true. It's just it's it's obviously not different for for women than it is for men. But yeah, I would have done it more just to kind of curious see the difference. But no, obviously noticeably, you you're probably the last person, or you yourself are probably the last person to notice your body changes, even through taking pictures or looking in the mirror or any of that stuff. But it definitely makes a difference. I think when you come down to looking at say what you're wearing or just the size of clothes that are basically you're having to buy smaller clothes when for most of your life it's only ever been the opposite so then you have so then it puts into perspective a lot more about it's 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 a lot more than just a number like it's a lot more than a weight or the scale that the scales will say because i suppose i'll put it this way to you if if i said to you what you weigh now is what you're going to weigh for the rest of your life but you're consistently going to get leaner or your clothes are going to get smaller, would you take it? Yeah. I yeah, exactly. I think I think most people would because at the end of the day, you're not, I don't know, maybe some people are, but unless it's just some big golden number you have in your head and you want to weigh this or you have, like, we're, we're not prize fighters, like, we don't do boxing or UFC. We don't have to weigh in under a certain amount to, you know, do what you need to do. So I think, I think it's like the ultimate data point people use though and I feel like people are, are very like I don't know what's the best way I can put it like do you, do you ever like have a a week where you eat immensely healthy and like you literally have been so good all week and you feel fantastic you'd nearly be convincing yourself that the genes are a little bit looser now after that week of healthy eating they're probably not that much looser but you kind of fall into that mindset of oh geez the clothes are looking a bit you know they're looking a bit better you know things are getting a little bit looser this is great the problem with that is like i think people see the weight as just a grounding measurement you know what i mean there's no oh, yeah. like, of like that's my opinion it's literally like that's fact like that's that's a number and i feel like that's why you need a variation of different data points like you need the data point of fair enough your weight 
maybe the measurements on you know your arms or your legs or your waist or anything like that another great data points and then outside of that you know progress pictures clothes you wear sizes you're wearing any stuff like that like as in it's not just about one thing and i think like what's great about what you were saying to me the other day is just like even if the scale isn't moving all that much especially compared to maybe drastic movements that would have done in the past over the course of a few weeks but like you see your clothes sizes going down you're starting to feel a bit better when you're moving around you're starting to see these changes that are so much better than a weight like do you know what i'm saying like i don't know. yeah no i do know i do know what you're saying it's 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 i think you only get to that point where if you're doing it the right way and you're doing it consistently and yes most of the time the scales is the first thing that will show it but you're 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 teaching yourself all the time that that's the right thing so it becomes second nature so that when it does get to the point and i suppose for everyone it it gets to some point where you, you won't actually lose any that much more weight like that number in the scales won't go down much more but everything else has changed and that you can't help but notice because it affects everything yeah and obviously like that's a pretty drastic point to get to where like you're no longer able to lose weight i mean not a lot of people oh yeah that stage let's be honest people probably fluctuate up and down and around that point but like the point i'd say is like take if you if you glorify the scale all that much and you think it's that important like how is it that you know if you're up point two or three you'll feel the worst in the world you'll feel so negative but then if you're down point two or three, you think, oh, that's not enough. And I think mm-hmm. if you're that person, if you're that person who's looking at it and going, if that, that small like small change up is the worst thing in the world, but then somehow that small change down isn't something you should be proud of, like your relationship with the scale needs to change. You need to suddenly maybe just get rid of the scale for a little while and you need to build a healthier relationship where that's not the only data point you're looking at. Because that's the only way you're going to keep going unless you well like you said unless you can really segregate that stuff then the best thing to do is get rid of the skills lock it away somewhere give it to somebody for a couple of weeks or just say to your, or, or just commit to yourself of maybe weigh yourself once every two weeks just just as, as a reference point or you know but not like i don't know i think we talked i talked about this before but like or you can have such a drastic range of weight in the space of like 48 hours that there's no point in weighing yourself every morning or every evening or every day and to some point every week unless there's a reason you have to unless you're specifically like basically unless somebody's told you there's a reason to and i can't really think of any but other than that you probably are better just off you are better off just probably getting rid of it but i don't i don't think It'll get to that point, like you said, yeah, there's very few people where you get to the point where you actually can't lose any more weight. We'll never see that in our lifetime. But Definitely, definitely not. What you have to look at then is is the, ba- is, is the, the balance of it all. Like, you've worked so hard to lose weight and it's taken so long. And even in your head, maybe, maybe I suppose maybe you're like resetting goals and you're thinking just a little bit more or, you know, maybe you get to this number. But then I suppose stop and realize that if you've been doing it sustainably over a couple of months or however long it's taken you and you're just happy doing it, then what's what's left to do? Like if you're happy with the way with the relationship you built with food, with the way you think about food, with the way you train, with just your life in general, you haven't cut out anything, you're still doing the things you enjoy, 
then that's your new maintenance calories if you want to look at it that way so that like you're at that place where you're not missing anything so you're still doing everything you love but you're not going to put you're not going to start to gain weight again because it hasn't been drastic then there you, i think that's the win like you're winning that's you're winning then you get to that point where now you have your takeaways you have chocolate after dinner but you're you've balanced it up with all the rest of the things you've learned to do you've taught yourself to over the previous six months or a year then happy days game over makes a big difference i, I actually had a great one the other day it was i, I meant to say it to you because i i just was i was immensely proud of it i thought it was quite quite a quite a boss moment for myself bought a kit kat chunky new kit kat chunky's cookie dough flavor seemed like it was going to be glorious brought it home made the cup of tea sat down to have it the thing Drum was roll. disgusting worst thing oh. i ever ate i mean filth ate two bites said nah fucked it in the bin never would have done that before though i definitely would have just finished that bar for the sake of buying it that's I huge not, I, I thought it was a big moment that's a huge move. I know the listeners like, are going to be cheering for me. I can feel it. It's it's just so powerful. I know. So many people are cheering. There's applause. There's some people thinking, "Oh, it's a waste." I mean, it's a waste. But at the same time, like that, I feel like I'd, I'd rather waste like that. I don't want what's a Kit Kat. Probably one twenty. I'd rather waste that one twenty, having eaten half Kit Kat, than have the calories from that shit food. Like it's, I I honestly like I just think I've spent money anyway. The money's gone. But like, do I want the calories from that shit Kit Kat for the sake of it tasting disgusting? Absolutely not. I'd rather spend them somewhere else. All about that calorie budget. Well, there, but there you go. That's that just shows the difference in mindset. Like, and that's not from anyone forcing it down your throat. That's just that was just of your own volition. Like the second coming of Christ, you thought, oh, no, don't need to eat the rest of this. I can, I can enjoy something a lot more. Yeah, like, if, if you, soon I'm going to be curing God for you. I'm going to be sitting there and I'm just going to be able to take two spoons of Ben and Jerry's and just put it back in the freezer. <laughs> Powerful. <laughs> I, I still look up to Kieran. What a man. Oh, Amazing. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I don't think anyone has ever done that. I, I think those people are, are powerful people. Like, I mean, if you have that much restraint to be able to put the Ben and Jerry's back, fair play. I just don't I think... To be honest, I'd say if I wanted, I could do, but I would gain absolutely no enjoyment out of standing next to the freezer, eating two spoons of it and putting it back in. I want to take it back to the couch and flop out and eat fucking the whole tub and enjoy it. Like, what's the what's the point? I don't know. Maybe if... No, I can't. Even if for some reason you were on some mad gain, like you needed to gain weight for something or for some reason and that two two spoons was going to tip you over the scale for the day of your budget then okay stand next to the freezer needed but like as as much as food serves a purpose like it's there to be enjoyed so don't be a fool yeah and don't buy cookie dough kit kat chunkies because they suck i i i will have to you're gonna have to tell you have to send me a picture of this thing because i got cookie and cream kit kats in a multi-pack not the same thing you're talking you're talking like the two two i don't know two fingers of kit kat you break apart you have white chocolate whatever you want to call them you, you know what i'm talking about those yolks yeah this is you know like the the chunky bar like it's just like one. no i get it but i'm just thinking it's the same the flavor sounds similar but i think they're nice but no, I, I, it mustn't be it, it. you it know cookies and cream is like oreos white chocolate kind of a mix in a kit kat this thing is like a kit kat chunky but you get a little bit less wafer and chocolate and instead you get this layer of cookie dough along the top 
And yeah. cookie dough, like, you know, cookie dough Ben and Jerry's, amazing. No issues. Even Not my favorite. Just, just cookie dough when you're baking cookies, delicious. This was like this chalky, manky, oh, I, I can't even describe the flavor. Like, it was disgusting. And like, I, I'd eat most sweets. I'm just going to call a spade a spade here. Like, it takes, like, other than maybe a bounty, it takes a lot to put me off a bar of chocolate. Oh, fucking bounties. People who eat bounties are sick bastards, aren't they? I, I don't know if I said it before on this, but I, I think I have. But anyone who likes bounties should be placed on a special register and have to sign in at their local cop shop every week. Someone Fucking said to me once, absolute freaks. the people who eat bounties are just greedy people who don't want to share. And I kind of agree with it massively. What? No, fuck off. That's just, oh, just what a waste. What an absolute waste of a bear. I used to give up bounties for Lent. That used to be my, my go-to bounties <laughs> Snickers because I'd never eat them anyway. So I thought, oh, aren't I great? And God would be looking down at me going, that chain fella, he's getting Same some Easter the, eggs. Uh, Same with the Christmas box celebrations. I always be like, uh, sure, look, I leave the bounties for someone else. That's because they're absolutely rank. And if you like them, you should be ashamed of yourself. Do you know what I'd love though? You know, in the shops, if they literally had like towers of each of the, like say the celebrations and roses and you just came along with your own tub and you say, okay, I want four of these, I want six of these. And you, you pay for, be it the weight of the box, or you pay for, you know, each, how many seats you have in the box. I'd much rather that than be heard of the bounties and Snickers. And I hope the world maybe, goes in that direction. Maybe not in Ireland, but I have heard of some similar options being a bit, generally they started to sell the Maltesers from celebrations individually. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I, I've heard, it could have been vicious rumor, but I heard they're doing that with all of them. Probably in the States. No, they're doing it with some of them, right? You know what they brought back in those, it's like same as, you know, the Malteser, like the, you can get the box from on their own. They brought back Galaxy Truffles. Now they don't even oh, do them in, savage. they don't do them in the celebrations anymore, but you can, in some shops, just buy a box of Galaxy Truffles. Like oh, that's wow. like, that's like, you know, if someone bought me that, that's like giving Superman kryptonite. Like, like I will go through the whole box one sitting, guaranteed. There's no way yeah. for years of painting. What you're looking for there now is like Celebration World. It's basically reminded me of like M&M World. If anyone has ever been to M&M World, amazing it's amazing. I went to the one in Las Vegas, which is just on a whole different scale, as you can imagine, like everything is there. Oh, a, a wall, a literal, I don't know, maybe 60 foot wall of M&Ms and they just had to fill the different little jars with flavor. So they made up flavors and there's like a NASCAR flavor, which I don't know what it was and I was afraid to taste it. I have a feeling it would taste like rubber and oil or something. But yeah, that's what you want is like celebration where you can just go along to your celebration specific pod and have just Maltesers and some just Galaxy Caramel, which are the two top Malteser sweets. Anything no contest. But that's, that's literally, I feel like that would make a massive difference to me gaining weight at Christmas. So actually don't do that, please. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to contact Mars right now and tell them that's an awful idea. I'm sure the Mars executives are listening to this podcast anyway, thinking of sponsoring, but please, please don't. To be fair, uh, there's a huge chance. I mean, with the tens of thousands of people that are listening, the odds that one of them work for Mars, huge. Oh, definitely, yeah. Do you know what, what around the top of the Mars? It, it is funny. We've gone through this whole thing of healthy eating and talking about surgery, and then we, we always finish on this note of just being absolute fat bastards talking about that's, the food we like. What a, that's how we are. It's, it's ingrained in us. Mars delights. Do you miss them? No, I don't miss them. I do. I kind of vaguely remember them, and they were nice, but I, don't, I wouldn't say I missed them. Oh, no, it's a, it's a bar. If I could bring it back, I would. 
Is there anything now? So what bar would you bring back that maybe isn't available anymore? If there's any. For me, it's Mars Delight. Bring it back in a heartbeat. Jesus. I'm trying to think of what's gone. It is a lot of pressure. I'm trying to think of what, what's gone. Um, not that you can't get them anymore, but they're, they're more difficult to get. Um, there is chocolate called Marabou. And <laughs> Why did I put you onto this? Right. Why? I'm just saying, they used to sell them. The only place I used to ever get them before was, remember there was like a Pound City or Pope. Yeah, I think it was called Pound City on Patrick Street, uh, up towards the McDonald's side of Patrick Street. And when the gate, not the gate, it was the Cineplex where, uh, I don't know, there's a huge shop centre there is now. I can't remember what that was called. Capital Cineplex? Yeah. Yeah, so that's where we used to go like when we were younger. Uh, but to stop off there in the power city, there, there were tubes of like little disc chocolates. They're German, Marabou. Oh my God. I, I will go out on a limb here and say it's the nicest chocolate I've ever had. So like... This is like 20 years ago, I'm talking. But they still exist. So are you saying yeah, you want to bring them yeah. further into circulation? I want, to, I want to bring them back to the shop across the road so I can put on another f- four stone again eating them. That's what I want to do. Because at the moment, you can only get them. There's this like candy store online. There's some crowd in Galway where they sell all these retro chocolates and American chocolates and sweets, all that kind of shit. They have them. They're nearly always sold out. And they have some weird varieties of them. And they cost a fortune. But uh, I, I, I don't know. Like, so technically, the air is still around, but it's what them back. I want them more localized. That's fair. That's fair. So, listeners, uh, this week, what we want from you, other than subscribing, sharing the podcast on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you want to share it, we need you if to anyone, the bars you bring back. Yeah, eat that. And if anyone does want to send Marabou, that'll be the only circumstance where I'd give out my home address. He will also give it out for stories explaining why people leave their knobs or noses out. So that's, any, that's any a, of Brendan will give his home address to. Shane deals, Shane, Shane deals with all the knob talk on, uh, on Instagram. Thanks, everyone. Not true. It's all Brendan. <laughs> Please don't send me anything. I don't need it. Thanks. You made me uncomfortable on my own podcast, you dickhead. Fuck you, Brendan. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> what, a, what a way to finish. Oh, pure, if you could see him now he's gone pure red it's strong alright guys thanks so much for listening uh, that's it for this week uh, we have decided to give Bake Off a rest and uh, look we're just going to address it now we got some feedback that people weren't so keen on Bake Off uh, if you are interested in more Bake Off let us know but for the moment we're going to park it uh, this week wasn't great anyway I was a bit disappointed in it Japanese week we're not allowed to talk about it I'm just leaving it there. I just needed to get that in. I wasn't. Uh, if anyone, if anyone has, we we've only got basically negative feedback about it. If anyone does want it to be kept in, or does want to hear more, let us know. We're not going to reconsider because we don't want to give you the impression we're actually trying to like please the crowd. But we'll we'll give a one-off in this in this circumstance. This is. Not I, I will I will happily talk about it in in some Bake Off podcast. We will make it a later date for next year's Bake Off. But that's it for now. So thank you. This has been Fat Chats. Hard to believe you're letting us keep around for this many episodes, but we do appreciate you listening and we will see you next week. Slow on.